I wanted the kids to stay in for a moment here because, um, I mean, at the vineyard, we're all about what's the father doing. And the father's communicating his love and grace this morning. And I want to make sure nobody misses it. So uh, we were singing some song, and I'm standing in the front, and Marianne came up to me. It was after we sang the song, um, No Longer a Slave to Fear, I think. And she said, you know, that part where we sing, oh, 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 which I won't try to do. (laughs) Kara did a great job. You did a great job. She said, it's almost like, oh, oh, you know, like we broke a glass. And it's, oh, wait till your father gets home. And she said, but it's not like that. It's like, oh, we, we broke through the glass. The precious has been broken. The, the holy has been poured out, right? And what, what will the enemy think when he finds out that we're free? Right? So I say, that's good, glorious, and I went to the bathroom. I come back in, and the glass is broken. And so I'm, I'm like, what happened? I don't know. There's people scurrying around. And, and um, Julia said, the, the, the glass broke. And I went back to Marianne. I'm just trying to figure it all out, right? I said, did, did, what, did, did you tell me that before that happened? And her eyes were like this. And Angie's eyes were like this. And I said, yeah. And I just thought, this is the, the God of all creation breaking into our lives this morning. I mean, doesn't he love to teach his children with imagery, you know, prophetic images? And here's a prophetic image of we don't have to be afraid that we did something wrong and therefore the father comes down and what were you doing with my precious creation? Because he is the one who sent Jesus, the perfect, the holy, the pure, and said, I'm going to let your body be broken and I'm going to let your blood be spilled out everywhere. I mean, that's the message. I, that, I mean, that's actually the message. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give the message because some of us like words as well as pictures. But I just want us to take a moment and acknowledge that God is present and with the kids here. So let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for every child in this room. Thank you for every parent in this room. Thank you for every brother and sister Thank you for everyone that you've called here this morning. And we thank you that, Father, you are not the stern father who will uh, punish us when we've gone wrong. But you are the righteous, good father who gave all, even his own son, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So we thank you for redemption and salvation and freedom, glorious freedom and grace. The blood of Jesus has been spilled. The, uh, the temple uh, curtain has been torn. The wrath of God has been poured out. And the righteousness of God has been received and released upon the children of God. We claim it. We believe it. We receive it. And I ask that you just wash us in that truth today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, kids, you can go in glorious freedom. Oh, they're not going. No one's going. They're all staying. Okay. There's one with glorious freedom right there. Okay. Um, I guess just while I'm in the prophetic mode, is there anything else that God would want to say that I'm not aware of? Maybe through one of you. Is there something that God stirred and you realize, wow, this is the time to, to say it in the body? Deborah, can you stand up and make, you know, speak loudly? 
Will you be able to hear her, or do we need a mic? Here comes the mic. Deborah, meet Mike. A couple of months ago, I was praying for the church, and this is just so amazing and just confirmation, Randy. What I saw was you at the front of this. It was like a, there's a dam. You all know what a dam is. It blocks the water from flowing. But Randy was at the front, and we were all in our rightful place right behind him. And he had like a big, sort of like a tree, and he was hammering at this dam. And the water started seeping. And as Randy's pressing in, the dam completely broke, and the waters came flooding in. That is what God is doing with your faithfulness. The fact that you're willing to be obedient and step out into what's uncomfortable for you. God is doing this with you as you lead and guide this church. And I recommend each one of you take your rightful place. Because now is the time. And it's for such a time as this. Amen. Okay, let's stand. We'll get to the message, but let's stand. I mean, God reveals to his children so his children can receive and act upon revelation. We're not meant to be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. So if you are in the place right now and the Holy Spirit speaking to you, and this word is for you, take your rightful place in the family of God, in the kingdom of God, in the city, the nations, and just put your hands out. We're just going to say yes to God. Yes, God, we say yes. We say yes to your invitation to take our rightful place. We say no to false pride. That, that's a word for some of us very specifically. We say no to false pride that says, no, I must put myself down. Jesus, you have placed us in the family of God with gifts and callings, a glorious body, and we need every single part. So, Lord, we claim our place uh, individually and corporately in the body of Christ. In the city of Indianapolis, in central Indiana, in this United States, in this world. And we ask in the name of Jesus, pour out your spirit on this body and let the river of life flow. You know, that river of life, Lord, from from Ezekiel 47, from Revelation, that river that comes from the temple of God, that brings fresh water everywhere it goes and life. Those trees planted by that river have leaves, and those leaves are for the healing of the nations. And we accept our place in the healing of the nations. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, sit down different than the way you stood up. Woo! Well, God's here this morning. He always is. But sometimes he just shows himself. He likes to show off, and um, that's really good. So if I can keep myself in some composure, we'll go along with the message. We have got so much to look at, but some things that God wants to highlight. Romans 8, 14 to 25. And there's a lot here, and so I'll just let you know now. uh, I've got notes uh, out on the welcome stand. If you want to go out with notes, I won't say all I want necessarily to say, but there's so much more for you to explore. The Spirit of God that inspired the Word of God will release to the children of God an understanding of God when we dive in, right? 
So I'm just going to encourage you, dive in. Dive into the Word um, this morning and then this week. We've got um, lots of uh, notes out there, and I'll make more if you need them. In short, (laughs) this morning, in the next 20 minutes, I'm going to talk about realities, results, requirements, reasons, recognitions, responses, and mystery. (laughs) So plan to get those notes. Don't be scared. If you remember last week, especially Romans 8.10, I want you to just take in this good news. We said, together, we received, Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die... Because of sin, if you have put your faith in Jesus, Christ lives within you. And the body will be submitted to death, but praise God, we get a new body. And the spirit that gives you, gives you life because you've been made right with God. So when you place your faith in Jesus, it's like, you know, the, the, the blood was spilled and that blood covered you and all your brokenness and all your um, insufficiency. And when God looks at you, yes, you, he sees Jesus. It's not like he's deluded. It's not like he's confused. He sees Jesus in you because you are a new creation. That's the reality of last week's message. You've been made right with God. We are fully, unconditionally, and eternally accepted by God. That is not based upon how we feel on any given day. That, that's a reality. We can choose to live in it or not. But it's the truth. Jesus died and we died with him and we were raised to new life. Not just a better life, not an improved life, a brand new life. We're different people. So reality number one from this morning's passage. And I'm just going to speak through it as I read through it. So you'll, you'll get the flavor of it. But go home and read Romans 8 all together. And just read it once a day for the rest of your life. Reality number one, all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You're a child of the living God. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're beloved. They don't use that word a lot, maybe. You are beloved. You are the, 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 the apple of his eye. The favorite. Remember the first time I heard Mike Bickle uh, Indianapolis or uh, Kansas City House of Prayer say, I'm God's favorite. And I'm saying, wait a minute. And he said, and so are you. And I'm like, oh, good. And I've been trying to live out the reality of being God's favorite for the last 30 years. I'm still, still getting deeper revelation of what it means that I'm accepted. Ephesians 1, 6, accepted in the beloved Jesus. So what's the result of that reality? Led by the Spirit of God, we're children of God. This means what? Romans 8, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. We happen to be a a church family that is into adoption in the spiritual and the physical. So many of the children on the other side of this wall that are being loved on right now by God through volunteers are adopted. I mean, literally adopted. They're fostered. They're adopted. We, we, we love that. You know why that is, I think? Because it's the nature of our church. We recognize adoption. We know the, the way that it changes a life when we're brought into a family that we weren't a part of before, from death to life, 
from darkness to light. We know what that feels like as believers. And I think so many of us, we feel that, you know, I will give myself for another, that they can know what adoption, eternal, unconditional, never-ending love feels like. So we've received a different spirit than any other human outside of God's family. This happened when we were born again, and it's true of us. It's not a spirit of fear that makes us fearful slaves. What is a slave fear? I do it wrong, I get punished, right? And a slave, a true slave, will always live in fear because even if punishment hasn't come for days, months, weeks, years, the the master can always impose punishment. But we don't have that spirit of fear. Not the fear, I'm just going to keep going back here. Not the fear that says, I broke the precious. What's going to happen to me now? But we got a different spirit. We got the spirit of adoption. Slave means we're not connected except by what you do. Adoption means we're connected because of who you are. And that never changes. What you do doesn't change who you are. That's a spirit of adoption. We have that. We don't have to fear that our action, our ability, our disability is ever again the basis of our acceptance. Never, ever infinity. Now, I know we feel that in the workplace. And I know that that's a reality out there. It often feels like, but if I don't do it right, this is what I get. Well, that is the world. And we're in the world, but we are not of the world. We're adopted. We're children. We live somewhere else. Our bodies, our spirits are present here, but we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. That's where we hang out. That's why uh, Paul is always telling believers in every church he writes to, Colossians, you know, you've, you've been raised with Christ. Don't set your minds on the things below anymore. Set your mind on the things above. You've died and your life was, is hidden with Christ in God. That's our reality. We have a different ability, a different option, a different opportunity than the rest of the world because of our adoption, a different destiny, a different destiny. We've been given the spirit of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption. If we listen to the spirit of fear, what do we live out? Fearful slavery. But if we listen within to the spirit of adoption, what do we live out? Joyful acceptance. Who would like to sign up for some joyful acceptance from this day forward for the rest of your life and through eternity? I definitely want to be on the joyful acceptance team. I've done fearful slavery long enough. Joyful acceptance. That's our new destiny. Again, whether we feel it or not. And we get to choose day by day which spirit we're going to listen to. I wish I could say we don't have the spirit of fear. We have the spirit of adoption adoption, and we can't even hear the spirit of fear anymore. We're not there just yet. We get to heaven. There will be no spirit of fear. We won't hear it. It won't, you know, glorified bodies. I'll get there in a couple minutes. (laughs) We'll get there in a couple millennia, whatever. Right now, we still have these human fleshly bodies that can still hear both ways here, can still hear that spirit of fear. And the choice we talked about last week, you have power to set your mind upon what you want to set your mind upon. That power is we get to choose. Who am I listening to today? 
Danny Silk was at a conference we uh, went to a couple months ago as a staff in Champaign-Urbana. And he said, who's your counselor? I love that line. Jane will do that to me, like I'll be grumping around the house. I do grump around the house. I'm sorry. It's just a reality. She'll like, and she'll like, real kindly, as Jane would, you know, who's your counselor right now? <laughs> we'll give you a counselor. <laughs> but it's good, right? Who are you listening to? On any, in any given moment, on any day, who are you listening to? The spirit of fear or the spirit of adoption? You want fearful slavery or you want joyful acceptance? That is our choice. We get to choose. And so, as a result of that, we have a different relationship with God. That's result two, if you're counting. We have a different relationship with God. It's not a relationship with God that says, okay, you're my father. Yes, father. And nothing against you if you have a relationship with your earthly, earthly dad and you call him father. That's perfectly fine. I love it that my 28-year-old daughter, who just had a baby making me a grandfather, calls me daddy. I love that. I just love that. And, and, you know, that can happen forever and ever as far as I'm concerned. You know, almost universally, and some sociologists will say I'm wrong, but maybe I'm right because you know where I'm headed. Julia can read my mind right now. Almost universally, the first words that a child will say is whatever form of daddy is in that language. When we were working with Iranians in Austria and all these Persians were coming to Christ and we didn't speak Persian, Farsi, but we, we spoke enough to when, when the believers would pray, they would always begin a prayer with Baba. It means daddy. It's like if we were to say Abba or daddy or pops, I don't know. And universally, it's like it's within the child. The natural um, reveals the supernatural. That are, The first thing we say is what? Daddy. And I remember our daughter, we, um, we came back in 1990. We were in seminary, and our daughter was born there in Chicago. And I remember her first words. Jane might have, have a different opinion of this. <laughs> I remember her first words. She looked at me with full consciousness. And she said, Baba. I, I remember it. And I just thought, she loves Persians. She's going to be a missionary. No. You know what I thought? She knows I'm her daddy. She's, she's utterly dependent. But she's got me wrapped around her little baby finger because my love is pouring out. Because I'm her Baba. We used to serve as slaves. And when you're a slave, you know, it's never enough. How many of you know just that in your life? It's never enough. Will I be enough today? Aren't we tired of that question? The father never asks that question. He, he always brings the statement, you're enough, now go live it out. You're enough, and if you can't handle it, come back to me. You're enough, not only that, I'm going to be with you. I'm going out into the world with you. You're not alone. Your sufficiency comes from Jesus. Again, the question that remains is, which spirit will we listen to? The spirit of the eternal creator and sustainer of the universe who lives within us? And the scripture says here, his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm we are God's children. I love the works of the Holy Spirit. I love healing, tongues, prophecy, miracles, 
generosity, giving, leadership. I love all those amazing gifts of the Holy Spirit. But a primary function of the Holy Spirit is to join with our spirit, the, the eternal essence, our life essence that God created us with, to, to remind us and affirm over and over again the positive truth, you're a child of God. You're a child of God. And that's why the enemy works so hard in the church and in the world to try to tell us you're not, you won't, you can't. And the Spirit just keeps saying you are. You are. You are. You're a child of God. It's not dependent upon your works. You're a child of God. John 1.12. John, writing about Jesus, um, friend of, a new friend of mine who's sitting right there, and I were having breakfast at Einstein yesterday, and we talked about this. John 1.12. John's speaking about Jesus, and he says, to, to as many, as, in as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even those who believed in his name. John doesn't say, and the ones that were really good he picked, or the ones that really make it to the end, he said, okay, you're on my team. No, to the ones that received him, the ones that just said, I'm busted and I need you. And Jesus said, good, because I busted myself for you. So you're in. So as many as received him, to them he gave the right that can never be taken away to become children of the living God. And that's who we are. So the choice is, which spirit do we listen to? Which identity will we live in? Which reality? Slave or free? Life or death? And you might say, well, that sounds a little extreme. It's extreme because this is a life-altering reality. Because Paul can't quit, he keeps going, we're not just children. Children is good. Like I could preach for a long time on what it means that we're the children of God, but we're not just children because we also have a different destiny, not just identity, but destiny ahead of us. Back to Romans 8. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Do you know the word together doesn't mean Jesus and us. Let anyone who's not seeing this understand that I've got one over the other. Co-heirs is what the word is. I'm just saying what the Bible says. It's not like Jesus is an heir and you're a little heir. We're co-heirs with Christ. We're not God. I'm not saying that. But God determined that we should have the same placement in the kingdom on this earth as Jesus had on this earth. That's mind-boggling reality for us to live into. We have a different identity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you to get the notes because there are at least three things that we get as a part of being heirs of Christ, and I'm just going to say them, and you can read about them in the Holy Bible when you go home. The world, God himself, and glorified bodies. All right, we'll do a weekend on that sometime. <laughs> We're heirs with Christ. It means we get the world. Read through the scriptures. Luke 12, 32, Jesus says, Don't worry, little flock, because God the Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Like, he'd give it all to us. The end of this whole thing, we rule with Jesus over the new world. 
that's pretty amazing. But if we were only to focus on the world, what, the, what we get out of the creation, we'd be idolaters. It's good news, but more than that, we get God himself. Look through the Old Testament, all the Psalms, Lamentations 3, where it constantly says the, the, the people of God are crying out, Lord, you are my portion. Psalm 73, one of my favorites. Um, uh, God is my, the, the goodness of my heart and my portion forever. God is our portion. Christ is our life. We get God somehow in the mix here. He's in us. And then we get glorified bodies. Who's up for glorified bodies? Whoa! Right? <laughs> glorified bodies. That's real fun. We'll talk about that sometime. A couple of weeks, actually. So we see that some of these are now and some of these are not yet. And some of these are both now and coming. All right? This is all that we get as co-heirs with Christ because we have a new identity and a new destiny. We're heirs. Now, I would be remiss if I skipped over the next portion of the scripture because it's in there for a reason. Together with Christ, we're heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Oh, buzzkill, Randy. No. Actually, this is beautiful. This is the children of God sharing in the suffering of the Son of God because in the end, we partake of the same glory. I don't know why God decides to do it that way. We've got hints in Scripture. Your, your, your suffering produces perseverance, and I'm, I'm glad for that. I mean, perseverance is good. Otherwise, if we had it all now, we might focus on the stuff rather than the one who created the stuff, right? I'm not saying I'm all for suffering. This is not a message on, yay, let's embrace suffering. But if we want the glory, Paul just says, just remember, a part of life in this world, before it all happens, before the glorified body says, is partnering with Jesus. It's identifying with his suffering. It's gladly accepting whatever it is that comes through God's uh, the, the, the lens of God's perfect will for us and saying, God, it, you know, it's your deal. Well, in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about Romans 8.28. God is able to make all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. A part of his purpose is us embracing the not yet on our way to the now and the future and the eternal. And fortunately, Paul says, and don't worry. He didn't really say it that way, but that's what yet means, kind of. Yet, what we suffer now, just in case you were concerned, Romans, Indianapolis, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. And the Greek word for nothing means nothing. Nothing. Not like somehow that'll be better. That's just not what the Bible says. It says nothing. We'll get to eternity and we'll look back and we'll say, I don't, where did the suffering go? I can't even comprehend it right now with all this. So there's a requirement. And God is perfectly present to guide and provide in the midst of our suffering, whether we understand it or not. And let's be honest, we usually don't. 
And people come to me as a pastor and say, but Randy, why? My only answer in, in kindness is I don't know, but God is present. I, I don't know why, but God is present. I don't know why, but God is good. You're his child. You're his favorite. You've got a new identity. You've got a new destiny. You've got a new power, the power of the Holy Spirit. Moving on in Romans 8, for all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. There's so much there. Like we're, we're living in this, in this beautiful, almost like a, I don't know what. <laughs> I had a word and I lost it. There's so much God is, is saying that you get little glimpses of glory. And it's just like a, a fraction of what we're going to be. But when you see a glimpse of glory in one of your own children, if you have children, don't you fixate on that and say, man, there's more coming. You get excited. I never forget our, um, our daughter when she was in eighth grade, I think. Um, she was in a, a musical. And our daughter was pretty quiet, pretty reserved. Um, you know, first child, sort of meticulous, going to do it all right. And, um, and we never heard her practicing or anything. We didn't know what was going on up in her room other than she's in this musical. It was called Susical. And she was Maisie the Lazy Bird or something. I can't remember. Anyway, we walk into the auditorium. I never forget, we walk into the auditorium. She comes on stage, and this voice comes out of our daughter. And Jane and I were just like, we just melted in tears because we had no idea that was in there. We got a glimpse of glory. I mean, we still watch that video. <laughs> just, a, man, that was it. And now she's a glorious young woman and becoming more glorious as the days go on. But, man, we saw the glimpse of glory, and I think that's just how the Father looks at us as his children, glimpses of glory. And Paul says, you know, glory to glory, being ever transformed into the image of Jesus. So I just want to encourage you as you're walking with other people, in the faith. When you see a little glimpse of glory, call it out. Just call it out. I, I saw glory in Daniel. So when, I'm telling on him. Glory foul. Right? Why, why not do that rather than, hey, I saw where you messed up? You're siding with the enemy there. doesn't mean that there isn't encouragement and, you know, iron sharpens iron. I get that. But let's major in calling out glory. Why not? I just saw a glimpse of glory. You are, must be a child of God. Because, you know, what we call attention to, we'll see more of. What, what we feed, we get more of. What we starve, hopefully, be, begins to wane away. All right, I'm going to finish with uh, the reality number two. <clears throat> All creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. All it just means is the, the, the earth and the humans didn't really want the curse. I mean, it's not fun, right? Who would sign up for the curse all over again if we had the choice of glorious freedom? Well, we wouldn't, but we're in it now. Jesus has redeemed us, but we're walking through the in-between times. And so what's our response? With eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. What, what it means, the reality is that as a part of our inheritance, as children of God, with a new identity and a new destiny, 
is we have access to glorious freedom. I wonder how many of us are living in the glorious freedom purchased for us by Jesus. Don't take that as a condemnation. Take that as an invitation to explore what it is that you have. Uh, last story. When I was between fourth and eighth grade, I went to a, um, a private school, and I went to this private school with a billionaire. I mean, actual billionaire, like all those zeros. Fourth grader, I didn't know what a billionaire meant. I didn't even know it. You know, I just thought, he's a nice kid. He's got a pretty big house. I went to his house one time. I think I've told the story before. I went to his house. It was a mansion. Not a McMansion, a mansion mansion. And we were at a birthday party, and we played hide-and-go-seek in this billionaire's mansion. I'm probably fifth grade. And we're playing hide-and-seek, and we're going all around the house. We played for hours, and we all gathered back in this one enormous room that had dead animal heads all around. I mean, it was pretty cool, leather, everything. I mean, the little man in me was like, somehow, this is great. Dead animals is good, you know. But we waited there for the longest time, and finally some, someone had to go get the one kid that didn't come back. And when the kid came back, my billionaire friend says, where were you? And so his kid leads us back to the room, and my friend says, I've never seen this one before. He lived there for five years. <laughs> I mean, this was a big house. And my little fourth grade mind is like, uh, What? I know every nook and cranny of my house. I hide things there, right? And this kid says, I've never even seen that room before. We are heirs with Christ. We've been given glorious freedom. There are realms of glory and freedom and provision and joy and power and compassion and love we have never even seen. And you know what I say? Let's go get them, right? Let's explore. You live in an earthly mansion of God's glory. Let's explore. Let's go crazy in the place. Why? Because God has so much he wants to pour out for his kids. And the more he gives us, the more we take in, the more we live in. I'll tell you, that kid was a very generous kid because he he realized there's no end to my supply. What do you want? There's no end to my supply. And that's us, the children of God. There is no end to our supply of every gift and every passion and every calling and every good work because we're children of God. Let's stand. Then will you come and play? I I think maybe uh, today in terms of um, a, a response time, a couple of options, but I think we won't come forward. I think this might be more of an individual response time between us and the Lord, and maybe we, we give away freedom to one another. We pray for one another. So um, as Lynn begins to, to pray, let's just wait for the Holy Spirit. Let's just wait. And don't wait for me to pray. Just open your heart. God, we ask you, Release the wisdom and the revelation of the Holy Spirit now among us. We want to know our inheritance.
Spirit is beginning now to speak to us as individuals. And there are invitations. Invitations to explore the freedom purchased by Jesus. Invitations to live into the identity of being the beloved. Eternally, unconditionally accepted by God. No more fearful slavery. Joyful acceptance. If you feel like God is speaking very specifically to you, and, and um, not that you have to tell it to anyone, but you want to respond to God, and you want someone to just come alongside you and pray for you, would you just raise your hand where you are? Just raise your hand. God, I know God's speaking to me this morning. Anyone feel like the Lord's speaking very specifically to you this morning for you? Okay. Now, when you see a hand raised around you, um, if, if, if you're not feeling like this is just for you, I want you to go and bless the work that God is doing in another. So leave your hands up until someone's coming to pray for you. So can some just go and begin to pray? Just turn right aside and begin to bless what God's doing in the people that have their hands up. There's another right here. Someone can begin to pray right there. to rush what the Holy Spirit's doing if we can be patient if I'd gotten to the end of the scripture it would say that we have this hope we got this hope when we were saved and this hope is resident within us and what the hope does in us is it gives us grace to wait patiently and confidently for what God's bringing so let's wait another moment in patience and confidence you release the spirit of adoption among us this morning. I just see people under the heavy weight, the burden of sin and performance being freed today. If you just need to be freed from the burden of performance, just open your hands to God. God wants to come. He wants to free you from the burden of performance, fearful slavery. In the name of Jesus, we break off fearful slavery from the children of God. We break it off in the name of Jesus. There might be someone here this morning who uh, is right on the edge of faith. You 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 realize that Jesus has called you and you want an encounter with Jesus this morning, but you you haven't had it yet. This morning is your invitation to give your life to Jesus so that Jesus can give his life eternal to you. If that's you, I'd encourage you to come forward and I'd like to pray for you.
are interested, we have some people who will be doing personal prophetic art this morning, so you can uh, go over and receive encouragement from the Lord through prophetic art. I encourage you to turn to someone if you if you haven't prayed, you need to pray with someone, you just want to say, here's what God said to me this morning, do that. Uh, we'd love for, to see you over at the in the youth room to see what's going on over there. I just want to commission you this morning as the children of God with new identity and new destiny to walk out the glorious freedom that's been purchased for you by Jesus and to walk into the world with eager hope, eager hope, waiting patiently and confidently and on your way to glory, passing glory out everywhere you go. Go in peace this morning. Amen.